We're live. It's happening. Always. And forever. And in the union. And in the state of... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> killer intro. I think, I think this is... Um, Always an interesting conversation when discussing, like, the state of the union. Yeah. I think there's two aspects to it is the content and the delivery. And, you know, it's important to really nail both to have, like, the most successful state of the unions. Yes. Otherwise, I think, in general, they're going to be pretty average or you have truly a flop. Yeah. Um, I think that in the state of the union, it should just be like all they have to say. One of two options you get here, Brian. Okay. Either they just have to go up there and say, "Good, mediocre, or bad." <laughs> <laughs> like they have to grade themselves. Interesting. Or they literally have to go up there, full slideshow. That way, you can cut out Kamala and Pelosi entirely. Because okay. the 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 the, the projector screen, screen, the screen comes, comes down, down in, in front, front of, them. of them. Yeah. Okay. That way you can't see uh, Pelosi rubbing her knuckles together aggressively. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> or or no, sorry, no, no. So with the so PowerPoint comes down and they literally have a uh, not really necessarily a Venn diagram, but like a, a list of good and bad. Like here's what I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm going to rectify it. I'm very solution based, Brian. Um, and then, you know, all the things they've done good, and then they can pat themselves on the back. Well, I do think you you uh, touched on something that I think is important to acknowledge, and that's the first time a female, there were two ladies standing behind the president at a State of the Union. <laughs> that's what you took from this? <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. No, I think it's great. Like I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of either, either of one. them, yeah. but at the same time, I do think, you know, it's a historic moment that should be acknowledged. Hey, dude. As much as it felt like Kamala was trying not to be acknowledged, she was wearing like a brown suit, yeah. brown shirt, yeah. you know, and she has her, you know, dark hair. You know what they call and that? And she was blending in with the brown chair. I was yeah. like, what? Why? Why is she wearing like brown on brown? There's a term for that. What's that? Political camouflage. She didn't want to be noticed. I mean, usually she's like not well Pelosi, liked. Pelosi, you know, Pelosi's not the most well liked. She wears like a very bright blue, you know, or yeah, but white. she's had the same wardrobe since nineteen, you know, eighty five. No, dude, you know she's getting like a new wardrobe every season. She's worth three hundred million dollars, dude. She's getting a new wardrobe every yeah. season. Yeah, on Rodeo Drive because she's based in California. Mm. Yeah, Sam, she's by the bay. Yeah. Right? So isn't she from San Francisco? So you got to figure, you got to figure that she's going exactly where Julia Roberts wanted to be Dude. helped out, and Dude. they made a mix, a mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> it took me a second there. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah, and I should have known because they do that in the office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good scene too. It is. He buys the dragon figurine, anyways. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so you you have kind of studied a good amount here on the State of the Union. Yeah. So I'd wow. love for you to kind of take the reins here oh, and go God. over it. And then I think at the end it would be beneficial for us to kind of give a score. I've already told you mine. Yeah. I told and you mine too. Yes. <laughs> and I actually scored. I gave him more points than Brian did. Well, technically, yeah. technically, yes, <laughs> our scales were different. Uh, with that said, I think why don't you kind of introduce some of the the major topics? Yeah, and and here's the way that I would like to break it down a little bit tonight. I didn't know I'd be taking the reins, but um, you know, I'll accept all challenges, Bry. I'll take the reins. No, I miss the reins down in Africa. Mm. You're on a roll. Thank you. Are we? Is this a roll reversal mm, today? Maybe. Okay. Cool. So here's the way that I'd like to break this down today. So we are going to go over some main points, but then Brian and I are going to pass the reins off because we're great at sharing. Mm-hmm. And Brian's going to go over some highlights and lowlights. I'm going to go over my highlights and lowlights. Sure. Um, it, it's we're really just going to be talking hair coloring now. Um, mm-hmm. and then we will we'll give an overall grade. We'll give our overall thoughts. Uh, and then obviously we would love to hear your thoughts. So obviously, uh, he came out. The gates with the, uh, I guess, the best thing to come out the gates with the most prevalent, right? Uh, and that's Ukraine. Yeah. Um, 
and without giving any of my thoughts on that, you know, he covered a lot of things that were um, important, some things that were good to know, some very interesting things. So the big bombshell that he dropped, right? Oh. No, go with it. Poor it time. works. Poor no, time. It works. <laughs> the big one that he dropped <laughs> is that he's... Now it sounds like a doo-doo. <laughs> better than the alternative. Okay. All right. <laughs> In my mind. Okay. Um, oh, and which, which, by the way, I did really enjoy the fact that so many people joined in solidarity and wore the uh, blue and yellow of Ukraine. Okay. Interesting segue. Well, no. Well, no. I mean, we're talking about doo-doo, and then you're like, and by the way. No. that I, there were, I had a way better segue than that. Um, playback. <laughs> um, but he did announce that there were going to be no, uh, the U.S. was going to be accepting no Russian flights. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some other big takeaways. Uh, he did talk about the Russian economy. Uh, obviously, that was kind of coinciding with his talks about the sanctions that they're placing on Russia, uh, along with other countries around the world. But he mentioned that the ruble is down 30%, which is the Russian currency, mm -hmm. uh, and that the Russian economy in general is down 40%. You know, kind of an interesting point just because um, it kind of shows the, you know, where Russia is at. Um, obviously, you know what I mean? our view is going to be skewed versus what Russia is going to say versus, you know, other countries around the world. Still very interesting, uh, especially because they talk about this big war chest that Putin had built up. You know, it, it kind of uh, begs the question, uh, is he going to have enough money to really wage this war that he wants to have? Um, and also, you know, what are going to be the, uh, the, the their re what's their reaction going to be to, you know, this sudden downturn. Yeah, I think it's of note, you know, the ruble is down 40%. The uh, ruble is, is, or ruble is actually worth less than a penny now. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, you can't do you anything with a penny nowadays. You, oh, no, you can't even do one of those penny machines at the zoo. Exactly. It costs you 50 cents. You gotta, yeah, you got to put it in two <laughs> quarters and the penny. You don't even get the penny. Yeah. <laughs> That. Moldoramas were better anyways. Yeah. At the I know. zoo. Every time I go to the zoo and use the mold or every time I go to the zoo I do a bunch of the Moldoramas because like I like to collect them for Ben. Oh. And it's yeah. like then I look because I just do that I tap my phone on it. And then like I look at my bank account, it's like you spent thirty dollars on Moldoramas. Wait, is does are Moldoramas that much more expensive now? They're like four bucks. Yeah. Well, and I can understand that. They they actually take I remember reading an article a couple of years ago. But there's like only two or three people that know how to fix those machines. And obviously they're getting older and older. So yeah. you have to like be more and more delicate and you have to yeah. like service them more often. So that's really interesting. And like if you're the only person that can do it, of course you're gonna charge a little bit more because that's your living. That'd and there aren't good. that many Moldoramas around. Not saying that that's my life dream, but that's a good niche to get into right now. <sighs> Brookfield Zoo is hiring a Moldorama expert. Dude, do you think they'd give me a free membership? <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, if you knew how to do it for sure. Yeah. Um so also in, in the talks about Ukraine, I'm going to move along here. Um he did uh Biden did bring up the um the whole oil scarcity. Yeah. Not necessarily a, a scarcity, but we're not going to be buying Russian oil obviously and they are the third lar largest producer of oil. Um, so he did announce that, um, along with some other countries, we're going to be re releasing 60 million barrels of oil from reserve. 30 million of those barrels are going to be coming from us in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, he did a, a whole lot of talk about how we stand with the Ukraine. We're going to support them, but really highlighted the fact that we are not going to be putting boots on the ground. I think that was a really important distinction to make. I know yeah. the moment a Russian boot hits like Latvia or any of the NATO nations just past Ukraine. Yeah. There would be war, right? That is the way the treaty works. Yeah. So it's imperative for Ukraine to continue holding off. Yeah. I do think it was very interesting. He was adamant about not putting any boots on the ground, but one of the biggest requests from Ukraine is to gain control of the airspace. And that yes. I think I've been very supportive of. Yeah. We need to, along with our allies, yeah. continue to uh, disincentivize Russia from trying to control 
the the war front with the airspace. Yeah, we're seeing more bombings and stuff like that, and that's going to weaken the strongholds. That's going to weaken the the right. defense strategy in Kiev. I do know Russia took one of the major Ukrainian cities, and so I think um, going forward. And I just heard the name of it this yeah, morning. I don't remember. Is it Kharkiv? Yes. I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. I don't even have that open. Cool. That's okay. That was, well, that was okay. straight from that, my brain. That was straight from no, my brain. No, that was really good. Uh, and as soon as you said it, I recognized okay, it. Okay, cool. I think it's pronounced like Kharki- Kar- sure. Kharkiv, Kharkiv. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Cartesian. Cartesian plane. Samsonite. <laughs> I was way <laughs> off. Uh, so I think it's really important that the United States, uh, Germany, France, England, all yeah. start to really contribute towards the airspace because yeah. and I know that I, I know that they had asked Britain and they had asked Germany specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have the results of you know obviously if they sent anything over um, which by the way the price of creating one of those planes is crazy um, but yeah and I do know that their their air defense their or their their air force was kind of outdated. Um, slightly yeah. the planes that they were flying versus what you know Russia has obviously um, so before I move on from Ukraine yeah um, I will say obviously this is going to get brought up at some point mm-hmm. Biden had a couple of gaffes sure you know what I mean it, I'm this is gonna be, I'm gonna I'm, I'm doing it it was past his bedtime okay it's fair I think it is too. <laughs> it was definitely past my bedtime. I was really tired last night. Oh, I literally, I, I had to like, I drank half an energy drink to stay up and watch this. I didn't stay up. I stayed up just long enough for the state of the union. And yeah. then uh, I tuned out the Republican rebuttal and the Democratic rebuttal. I didn't, I didn't watch either of the rebuttals. I, 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 it's a lot. And you and I said this off air. It is a lot to get through this yeah and you know what if anybody out there listening cares what the republicans and what the democrats have to say about the state of the union i mean it's going to be pretty basic the republicans will rip it apart the democrats are going to say it was fantastic no the they didn't part. really oh no 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 this was this was uh talib oh and she was talking about how we didn't talk enough about climate change and blah 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 and that's fair. Yeah. It's probably the first time I've ever agreed with her. Yeah. Um, the only other gaffe there too, um, or sorry. Well, and I, I think that was, either. I think that was a big gaffe. Like, I don't mind there. Yeah. There's some stutters and stuff like that. Yeah. That is Joe Biden. That is a speech. Yeah. impediment. But it he is also it. older, but the, what was, what was the actual quote? So the, the, the one that was, I think the biggest, and I think you agree with me is that we stand with, we stand with you, Ukraine. Putin may surround Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Yeah. And so I always, when I used to teach, uh, we would write essays. And yeah. I always talked about like a conclusion being your knockout punch, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's one of those concluding, Could like, it. It, it was Could a conclusion it, of that thought, you know, yeah. the Ukrainian portion. Yeah. And so. You know, you really want to stick the landing on on that last, yeah, yeah. you know, quote. You know that's going to be the quote. You want a Nancy Kerrigan? In. Yeah. You, what? Wasn't she the gymnast? Stick the landing? Yeah. No, no. That You're thinking of uh, Nancy Kerrigan was the ice skater. Oh, my bad. You're thinking of she stuck the landing. Carrie Strug. She also stuck Are you thinking st- of Carrie Strug in yes, the 96 yes, Olympics yes, with yes, the yeah, ankle? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, Nancy Kerrigan, didn't she get stabbed? She, yeah. She didn't cut? stick the landing as well because she was a little hurt Her from turn. Tanya Harding's escapades. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, uh, I, I think that's, you know, when I used to teach, it was like, you have to nail that conclusion. Yeah. And so that was like the conclusion of that portion. And I felt like he was a boxer going for that knockout punch. And instead of hitting the boxer, he, he hit slips. the referee. Yeah. Uh, it was just a big whiff. Yeah. But. All in all, the sentiment was there, and I, I do want to. And everybody let it slide. Yeah, I, I think it's important too, because like that's that's which they wouldn't have during the debates. No, yeah, the absolutely. Debates. You're they right. Would, they would have jumped all over it, which is interesting to me. The only other one there that I really caught on to, and I'm sure maybe there was more. I don't know, but he said a pound of Ukrainian people. What did he mean? Quotes. He was talking. I, I, I don't remember what the exact reference was, but he was talking about. Um, something about the amount of 
Ukrainian people is what he meant. Mm. Instead of that, he said the a pound of Ukrainian people. Oh. Yeah, probably couldn't read it on the teleprompter. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was reciting that from memory. <laughs> oh, uh, we're not streaming live, but I just shot Kevin a glance like, wait, really? <laughs> not even not even one of the best orators of, of our time, Barack Obama, memorized the State of the Union. Yeah, you know who would have? Abraham Lincoln. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt would not have memorized Dude, it. that motherfucker. No. Dude, yes. No. Yes. No. He would have gotten shot twice. And memorized it, you, recited it. I love your passion out, about gone Teddy Gone out Roosevelt. for three whiskeys. I love your passion He would have gone out for three Roosevelt. whiskeys, two beers, and then would have gotten the bullets taken out. I love your passion about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. But, uh, he was not. He was, he, was, he was pretty. He was okay. He was good. He was good. He was really good. You're welcome for the fucking uh, National Parks asshole. <laughs> 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 that was Teddy Roosevelt speaking through me. Yes. <laughs> he yeah, probably would have just he, knocked he, your ass out. He exercised you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next big thing on there was the uh, the infrastructure. Um, he did not like that we were ranked 13th in infrastructure. I think it's a really good point. It's a great point. And, and this was a sentiment throughout all of this is like, yeah. obviously, the tone was bipartisanship. Right. Joe Biden is still holding on hope. That he will be able to unite the parties on certain things. And we'll get to the right. other parts and I'll, yeah. I'll leave that. Yeah. But just in general, like Ukraine, that situation, both parties have agreed in right. general. Not all people in each party agree with certain things. But it's pretty unanimous. Um. Well, it's pretty unanimous in, uh, with the Democrats. And there are a lot of major Republicans that are on board with how we're right. handling it. Yeah. And so that's the key. You know, the, the most respectable Republicans are definitely on board. Certainly. The Romneys, the Markowskis, and well, Susan even, Collins. Even McConnell's pretty pretty much McConnell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of support. Yeah. There's a little bit less Republican support in the House. Um, using it as an opportunity to kind of blast Biden. But here nor there. Right. That is a, a bipartisan effort. There was a lot of bipartisan efforts in the infrastructure bill. Yeah. Uh, I think which there's... he did thank the Republicans for, which is one of my main points that I wanted to get to. I thought that that was, and I obviously I'll do highlights later and lowlights, and Brian will do the same, like we said. But I will point that out now. I think it was really great that he did uh, show a little love. Uh, but I think he was kind of setting them up for something he said later. Well, I think he was showing them a lot of love. And for me, I think he gave them a little bit too much love. Uh, I think there's been way too much obstructionism from that side. But yeah. I think that's his effort right now, yeah. especially heading into Certainly. midterms, is, hey, we are working together now. Right. You know, whichever way this this whole thing swings we want to have a bipartisan agenda. We want to have bipartisan efforts for yeah. the things like climate change, whatever that is really impacting our country. Right. He brought up a lot. He, uh, another thing he brought up too, obviously st sticking with infrastructure here. Um, he brought up how we used to spend about 2% of our GDP on research and development. Little gaff here. Cause he finished that with uh, can't China is, mm. but whatever. I, again, that's like to me. That's like not the world's biggest gaffe, and I don't think he was trying to make a major point when he said that. Yeah. But he brought up how we're going to be building, uh, or we're going to be working on sixty-five thousand miles of highway, rebuilding that. We're going to be building, um, rebuilding and refurbishing a hundred or one thousand five bridges. Um, his big takeaway here was that everything's going to be made in America, bought from American companies. We're not outsourcing anything. It's going to be American steel. It's going to be everything. Um, something that I didn't really uh, enjoy too much, and I, and I think it was a little bit of a miss here, was that he did bring up how we're going to be removing lead pipes, yeah. uh, broadband. We're going to be do, you know upgrading our broadband and all that kind of stuff. You don't like that? Um, no, no, I liked that. Oh, but okay. what I didn't like was he brought up the lead pipes, but <laughs> yeah. he didn't he, like he made like a little bit of an homage to Flint, Michigan. Uh huh. But he didn't really he didn't hammer the point home. Like he should have said more. Like Flint, Michigan is just they've been so fucked over by this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's still an issue there. Um, a little bit of a miss there too. Um, another thing on infrastructure too. He brought up. Uh, the Intel facility, what is that, Ohio? Yeah, they, I believe they so. Build. 
Now, obviously, we have to pe- or pass a piece of legislation to get the funds for this, but Intel did up their original $20 billion investment in a semiconductor facility. They call it a megasite. Um, and it's going to be actually a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars, which would create 10,000 new jobs with an average uh, income of $135,000 a year. Now, Brian and I, you or Brian, you and I kind of talked about this too. I mean, th- that's the white collar end of things. You know what I mean? So like, it's not like you're necessarily creating. Well, you'd be, jobs. you'd be making uh, a lot of construction jobs up front. Absolutely. So, Good so point. there's a lot Good of point. trade work as yeah. well. Uh, as well as you know something that gets lost in in the sauce of all these things is like in order to operate the factory there would be some automation so there would still be but there would still be a lot of machine work yeah uh you're talking about you know uh, electrician unions being needed and stuff like that so you're you're talking about a lot of union work certainly uh, construction work maintenance work long term so there's a lot of blue collar and white collar yeah that's a fair that's a very fair point i didn't think about it that way um, he, you know, went into the fact that more companies are going to be opening factories in the U.S., uh, not overseas anymore. Uh, another highlights, and th- these are two that I really liked. Both Ford and GM are both going to be investing a lot of money into electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Eleven billion for Ford and seven billion for GM. Um, the cool thing about the GM one, obviously, that's going to be located in Michigan. It's going to bring four thousand jobs to Michigan, which is uh, much needed um, after you know a lot of the car companies started moving out of there or moving to different parts of Michigan, I should say, uh, in some cases. Uh, uh, I think it's really remarkable the move from these massive car companies towards complete electric, uh, electric vehicles. And I think... Should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, it should have. But there was obviously pushback. And, and you know, even today, like when you talk with car people, some people are vehemently opposed Mm-hmm. To, oh well, I wouldn't, you know, have the I, I miss the sound or the smell of the gas and, and blah that, blah and, blah, and, and, the, and I'm bad. there with you. But I really think the biggest indicator for me that the movement towards electric is going to be long, and I it, it's going to be long regardless. Right. Uh, eventually, we're just going to have to be that way. Yeah. Uh, but the Ford F one fifty Lightning, uh, the Ford F one fifty is the most popular truck right there with the Chevy Silverado. Well, the, the Ford F one fifty from what I last remember is, is the highest selling probably. And so the Ford F one fifty lightning is able to duplicate the same abilities. It looks cool as shit. It's $39,974 MSRP to start. Mm -hmm. And it's basic package. I was looking at, I was like, Holy cow, this is actually a really great vehicle. Right. If, if that is just as big a hit as the Ford F-150 normal, mm-hmm. like it's game over. Like yeah. anything can anything can shift over. I'd spend the extra ten grand and get the uh, the Tesla Cybertruck. The Cybertruck. See, the, and I was just gonna <laughs> I was just gonna say something about yeah. that was, you know, with Ford and GM making that move, mm-hmm. it makes me really cautious about like Tesla and and what's the other one? Not Raytheon. That's the defense company. Rivian or whatever the truck company that has like they've only released a thousand but their stock price is insane yeah and I look at that and I'm very confused as to how long term those companies are even Tesla Tesla is obviously very well established at this point now but if you're if you're taking one of the legacy automobile makers that has been around for years and years and years and done a very nice job and is now innovating into this uh, sphere. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why, like you said, I, I would rather get a cyber truck. Like I don't, I don't know why I would, this Ford F one fifty lightning really is, cool. is there's another incredible. Yeah. There's another really cool electric truck that's coming out right now too. And I can't remember what it is. Um, but it's 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 a neat thing. And, are you and, and are this, you thinking of the Rivian? Might be. Show me a picture. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, right there. yeah. that's pretty badass. Looking. Yeah, but see that company, they've made eleven or eleven hundred of them, mm-hmm. and like people have dumped money into their stock. And I'm like, why why would you do it with this company versus you know Ford or GM, which is maybe been it was established. A little, maybe in the, initially it was maybe cheaper to buy in. 
Um, yeah, their their trucks are sixty seven thousand, yeah, seventy three and seventy three. It's a little out of my budget, and by a little I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Buying a house, yeah, and 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 something that he could have really focused on here too with this is yeah. like, it, it, and he because he tried to focus on going green, but like he really should have focused on like not just going green, but like we need to get away from like dependence on foreign oil. We need to get to get rid of, <clears throat> and we talked about this before, Brian, on the podcast. I don't remember what episode it was. But we needed to get away from just oil in general. Yeah. If you want to say, like, foreign oil, well, fuck that. Like, let's just get rid of all the oil that we're using. Yeah. And, like, all have electric vehicles. Well, I think, and this is another kind of common thread, was his movement towards the center. Yeah. Like, he really wanted to win that Republican, Donald Trump's a little too much for me, uh, Democrat, yeah. the AOC Bernie wing is too much for me. He's right. really trying to bring people back to the center. Right. Uh, also with the, like all this bipartisanship and it's yeah, really trying to focus towards the center, yeah. which for me, not the biggest fan. Uh, but I think he was focusing on that. Similarly with the whole movement towards green, yeah. he focused on the economics of it, less about the climate change and more about how this is actually economically very sound. Like this is the strategy for right. long-term economic growth. Yeah. And so, you know, even with the build back better aspects of his speech, it wasn't so much about like, oh, this is like going to be so great for all these, you know, social programs or whatever. Anything right. that, you know, might be constituted as like super left and progressive Right. It was put in the light of, oh, this isn't super progressive. It's super economical for everyone, and right. it will benefit us in our economy long term. He still hits some nice progressive notes later, but um, he kind of segues after this. I'm just trying to keep us online. No, here. no, yeah. I like um, so he kind of focuses, he, he uses a segue here, and he goes from like talking about you know these, t- these car companies to inflation. And it makes sense here because a third of the inflation that's going on right now is kind of with car prices. Mm-hmm. You know, seen in car prices, mm-hmm. um, and so he goes into what he thinks should be cut, different corner, not corners that we can cut, but uh, corrections that we could make. Um, and the first one was cutting the cost of pre- prescription drugs. Yeah, he hits uh, three major points here. I believe he doesn't. Uh, yep. Um, so he talked about the little boy that he had there. Um, I don't remember where he was from. It was, I think, somewhere in the Midwest, perhaps. Um, who is type one diabetic. Mm -hmm. So born with it, can't get rid of it. Um, And he just talks about how expensive it is. You know what I mean? These companies are producing it for something along the lines of 30 cents or $3 a vial is something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're selling it for, you know, multiples of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, So he wants to talk, he talked about bringing the cost, um, you know, to $35 per month for insulin. Um, he also brought up the fact that he wants to let Medicare, uh, negotiate the price of drugs. I mean, why not? I, I really, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that drug prices are far too high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, also in things you always bring up, what, uh, what vaccine is it that you always bring? Is it polio? Yeah. Where the vaccine was basically, he gave it away for free. Oh, Jonas Salk sold yeah. the patent yes. for $1. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, Jonas Salk and his, uh, colleagues. Right. I should say. Um, he did bring up here he wants to cut energy costs by going more green. Again, ties in nicely with the electric car. Wish he would have kind of hammered that home more. He really left out the whole idea of getting off dependency for oil. Mm-hmm. Um, he then went into the cost of child care um, and how it's just astronomical. Um, and, and people literally need to work that, you know, mom or dad needs to pick up that job just to pay for the cost of child care yeah. in some cases. And so he said he, he would like to see that at no more than 7% of your income per year being spent on child care. Wow. Which I still think is kind of a lot. No. I don't know. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. Child care can be like, you know, $2,500 a month. And if you're making... Uh, $2,500, we will just round up and say, or round down and say it's $2,000 a month for childcare costs times 12 months, you're $24,000. If you're making $50,000 a year, that's half your income. Go down to 7%. That's true. Okay, fair point. Yeah. You know I'm not good at math, Brian. Thanks for clarifying <laughs> that. 
<laughs> no, but if, I mean, seven percent is a lot. I, yeah, no. Should it be free? Yeah, I I think it should be. Yeah, yeah. Or we can. just make it more economical for you know could, households you know, that hey, only need one income. And, yeah. Hey, uh, or, or what about like mom or dad could stay home? What about you? Literally, just do that. Here's how much you make a year. All right, cool. Give me seven percent, and that's what it's going to cost you. Yeah, I would be very. I would very actually be on board with that. I'd be okay with that. You know what I mean? And hey, and you know what? Then it's going to be even more money. Say you're making a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 70000 baby. Right. Pay it up. Yeah. Cough that'd be, it over. That'd be, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Cough it over. It's almost like taxes. Oh, almost. <laughs> uh, speaking of taxes, he did, of course, bring up the idea uh, or, you know, remark on his uh, same thing he always says. Nobody who makes less than $400,000 a year is going to pay a penny more. Mm-hmm. Direct quote: Penny more, not even a penny more, Brian. Maybe a rupel more. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> That's not even a penny. Take that, Russia! Oh God, Russia's coming after this podcast. Yeah, we're sure. gonna have to do another update on Sunday. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll fuck it, Brian. I'll come over on Friday night again. Oh baby, I'll do another tired, tired oh, baby. Night podcast with you. Yeah, I struggled through that one. I was so exhausted. No, you did great. Um, brought up more. Um, more companies are, are moving to America. Or no, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is actually, he brought up uh, his, his uh, not his home state, not uh, Scranton, PA. Delaware? But he brought up Delaware. A little bit of a gaffe here, but I'm going to try to decipher because I didn't see any of the remarks on this, but I think what he was trying to say, because he said more corporations in America, this is the direct quote, in America, uh, are in America than any than every state in America combined. And I still won 36 years in a row. So I think he was trying to say that more companies come out of Delaware, yes. his state, than all other states combined, which yeah. I think that is accurate. Yeah, that would make sense because there's so many corporate... We talked about that during the tax shelter episode. Yes. Uh, with the kind of tax shelters that can happen in Delaware. And yeah. I think South Dakota was the other one. Yeah, because you brought up Delaware and I immediately went to the quote from Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hi. We're in Delaware. Um, he also went on. Did you want to? No, no, no. Okay, okay. It's good. He also went on to talk about how 55 of the Fortune 500 companies made $40 billion in profit last year. Brian, how much did they pay in taxes? I'm going to. This is a heavy lift. I'm going to say. Take a here. round, a nice round guess. I'm going <laughs> to. I like that. A round, a round <laughs> number would be zero. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty fucked up. He wants uh, a 15% minimum tax rate for corporations. I think that's very fair. I think it's wonderful. You know, people talk about how, well, corporations deserve breaks yeah. because they create jobs. Yeah. They create jobs because they need those jobs to produce the goods or produce yeah. the services that make them billions and billions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out one of my, uh, my thoughts on a, something that he said that was really good. Okay. Something that I'm very excited about only because it's part of my next point and part of the same line of uh, uh, in his speech. He talked about how he is having the Justice Department appoint a chief prosecutor for the pandemic or for pandemic fraud. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And he brought up, you know, people buying Ferraris instead of paying their employees or keeping people on payroll. It makes sense. It's like super common sense, uh, com- commonsensical. Um, I like it. I think um, it was definitely geared towards the center and right yeah. of the aisle. And, but I mean, not I that think, the, not that I, yeah. I support you know being super far left. I, I it's not that I support in any way fraudulent activity. But I think when. You People argue like government spending. One of the biggest right. things is like, oh, well, there's so much fraud. And it's like, okay, well, what are we doing to combat that? He's making those next steps. You know, his administration continued on with the stimulus packages that right. the Trump administration did. Right. And he continued that and the bailout and all of that. Yeah. And so to combat the whole narrative that Joe Biden was too. Uh, generous or yeah. his administration was too Certainly. generous to say like, Oh, well we're going to make sure we prosecute those that, you know, yeah. Uh, got in the way of an incredible adventure. 
Yeah, to paraphrase him, he said he wanted to crack down on companies, a crackdown of companies uh, who are charging or who are reaping the benefits of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that also speaks a little bit to and they're overcharging. The corpor- was- yeah, the corporations. Mm-hmm. At least I think that might have been a subtle hint towards that. Where yeah. you know, I know I posted on Facebook like there there is inflation. There, there's no denying that there's yeah. inflation. But when you see these corporations ring in their largest quarters oh, ever, yeah. for instance, over- like a again. Starbucks. Oh yeah, where they were, you know, they they had their largest margins ever, or sorry, their largest profits ever. Yeah. And then decide, well, we're going to raise our prices by 39%. That's gouging. That's no longer like accommodating for, you know, the idea that there's inflation. Obviously, if you're hitting record profits, McDonald's, Starbucks, et cetera, if you're hitting record profits, that means you do not need to raise prices because you're already further ahead than you, than were. you were, yeah. even with that inflationary yeah. period. On this week's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> he And you know, it's something, I don't know if you caught this, it was a reoccurring uh, statement that he was making, that we need to um, build from the bottom up and the middle out. Yes, that's a really, really great way to frame it. I think I've heard it before, Biden, but like the idea of yeah. we're taking care of the lower and middle socioeconomic classes first. Yeah. And that is the way to really, because if you think about it, any structure, you have to build a strong base. Yeah. The stronger that base is, the better the foundation is for the entire building. And yeah. therefore, so what we've seen is kind of a whittling of that middle and lower class. So yeah. our building is a little top heavy and it's going to topple. Yeah, we don't want that, Brian. Correct. We don't. No Django. Uh, he next went into his steps for COVID. Mm-hmm. A little interesting here. Um, kind of a few, a couple of contradictory statements, I I, I think. Uh-huh. But he gave a four-step way that we're going to get past COVID or uh-huh. make, you know, continue life with COVID. Yeah. Uh, number one, stay up to date with vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, test to treat. I thought this was interesting. Yeah. He talked about this, and I didn't even really know about this. I knew about the COVID pill that was coming out uh, from Pfizer. Um, well, actually, I didn't know about the Pfizer one. I knew about the um, Merck. Merck, thank you. Um, but he, so that was another big thing. So that's cool. So basically, they'll be able to go to whatever, Walgreens or whatever pharmacy, get tested for COVID on the spot, just like you can now. Um, but if you get test, if you test positive, you instantly will get this drug. Yeah. They'll be able to give it to you. I think you. it's fucking brilliant. It, it, what? What? I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is do it, do it, do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something like 90%. It reduces the symptoms by 90%. Yeah. 90 fucking percent, Brian. That's an A. I, I think it's a wonderful move. Yeah. I think it was a brilliant move. Although, albeit late, yeah. the idea of the yeah. insurance covering... Uh, at home tests, right. we, I don't know if you received it, uh, I did, but, yeah. but people received two free at home tests sent to their home address. Now, one of our listeners who we actually mentioned last week brought this up to me and I thought it was brilliant. While while we were, wa- everyone was watching the state of the union, I got mm-hmm. a message from Melissa and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing, but you know, she had worked in institutions like, you know, homeless shelters and camps yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And people that might be living in those situations, even if they're like the camp counselor, right? right? Or, yeah. you know, um, our friend Jason and Justin, you know, Justin used to work uh, a camp. And so mm-hmm. you live on the camp. Those don't get those at-home tests sent to them. They're sent to oh. people's residences. And if you don't have your own residence, whether it's a rental or owned, it doesn't matter. That's considered your res- your residence. But if you don't have one, you might not be getting those free tests. And then you're like, my point was, well, okay, you can get it through your insurance. Yeah. How many uninsured Americans are there? And they might be the ones in homeless shelters. So I think it's more that's than, one thing that was like, yeah, that was one thing that it's certainly more. It than is a, it is a little miss, but I think this is a huge step forward. Yeah. But there is a little bit of a niche that is missing, and I, and myself personally, I did not even think of it. Yeah. And I'm glad. Um, you know, she brought that up to me for sure. Yeah. Step two is to prepare for new variants, Brian. Mm-hmm. Step three was to shut down, uh, 
or to end the shutdown of schools and businesses. He yeah. says we are past the point where we need to close things down. Close things down. He didn't really say because he kind of made a couple of statements here. I don't have it in my notes, but it was, you know, um, he was kind of skirting around saying living with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't really want to say we're done with this. Life is normal. Um, he still kind of wanted to hammer this point home of there's still more to be done. Um, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just making note of it is all. Yeah. And I think it's it's important to note, like we need to understand new yeah. variants and stuff like that. So yeah, the way we are progressing now, we should be looking towards reopening, you know, uh, filling quote unquote filling the downtowns keeping yeah. the schools open etc yeah. yeah. I think that is an important thing you know I think people do need to get back a sense of normalcy right uh, for our mental health which we'll talk about later uh, but also just in general for the vibrancy of of these you know areas for mm-hmm. for the economy these are all good things for students to get back to schools yeah oh definitely you know and as long as we don't get to a position here's always been my this has always been my point is we should be able to as a community come together and if like hospitals are filling up and okay you know we're in a bad position shut it down let's do the right thing right and yeah. Okay, and then we can get back to normal, similar to what New Zealand is, uh, what New Zealand does. Now, where we're at today, I think it's it's a whole different situation where we we we, sh- we should never have to go back to that. Like the variants we're seeing, we're nearing the whole endemic stage where yeah. the variants aren't as deadly; they're not as uh, you know they're just as transmissible, but the hospitalization rate is lower. All of those things. Should another variant change that? Okay, well, then we react. But as we're seeing it now, we really need to start pushing towards normalcy. And I, I think that's yeah. a, a good thing. Absolutely. Number four, uh, and the final one, is to continue to vaccinate the rest of the world. So yeah. getting vaccines out to other countries who don't have them, can't afford them, making them more affordable, um, just sending them to some, sending some of them to those countries for free that can't afford them. Good stuff. You can look at that. One of two ways, but both are going to provide a good outcome, and that's yeah, less. I don't well, the, the first way we look at it is, you know, it's a humanitarian thing. We should be helping others in the yeah. in the world, the the global community right. around us, because right. we have the resources, we have the riches, we have the technology to do so. Right. We even have the logistics to do so. There's also the selfish point of view by by. Um, giving away that vaccination we are far more far less likely to see another outbreak mm-hmm. another variant all of those things so it will truly reach the endemic stage the quicker we can get the yeah. the whole world as vaccinated as possible so here is where we go into a little bit of when i'm going to and i'm trying not to give too much away of my my thoughts on the speech i'm really just trying to give a play-by-play right now of yeah it. And I, I think I'm doing a like a, a. I think you're doing a great job. A solid B job on no. this. <laughs> so here's where he goes into a little bit of a um, what I'm going to call a um, a checklist phase. Yeah, he did a rapid fire. There's a he lot said, to cover. He said, "Oh fuck, I spent way too much time on other stuff. I guess I better fit this all in." <laughs> so, Brian, you stop me anytime you want to comment. Okay. On any of this. Okay. Just caress my shoulder gently. Okay. And then I'll know to stop talking. (laughs) Fair enough. So he went into um, the answer is not to defund the police, but to fund them and give them more resources, more training. He also made a brief comment on gun reform. Brian, go. Yeah, I think this was definitely another play towards the center. Uh, A lot of I don't necessarily, and I don't necessarily think it's wrong. No, well, I, 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 I guess I understand the importance of making it clear that defund the police isn't like we're not going to support police. And so Mm -hmm. the defund the police campaign was miserable from the get-go in terms of what it was really trying to accomplish. Right. Uh, Phrasing is everything. Um, You know, McDonald's didn't say, I'm liking it. Like, (laughs) no, they said, I'm loving it. And it worked. Right. Defund the police, which was really saying, hey, we need to stop spending on tactical gear and, you know, tanks 
instead we should be, you know, hiring more social workers and, you know, uh, better training, better training for, you know, handling people with mental illness or whatever the case is. So I think that's what defund the police was all about. Yeah. It was misinterpreted. It was miscommunicated. It was, you know, misaligned with the overall efforts for me. I always say we need to fund the military less. That doesn't mean I don't like the American soldiers. Right. Right. I just don't think we should be spending $1,200 on a fucking coffee cup. Right. So there's those instances we need to be better and more responsible with yeah. our funding. And so this was definitely played to the center because they hate yeah. that phrasing and even what it means. So yeah. uh, it, it worked. Yeah. He very, very quickly touches on gun reform. Doesn't mm-hmm. really go into a whole lot of depth on that at all. And then he talks about the passing the Freedom to Vote Act, passing the John Lewis Voting Act. This uh, one is crucial. And I yeah. think... And he didn't spend enough time on it, in my opinion. Well, I mean... He only has so long. I and, understand. You know, balance, Brian. You and I could do three-hour podcasts, but that wouldn't be very beneficial to our listeners. We got to yeah. get through a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I think, in general, I'm glad he covered it, but I do know that needs to be fleshed out further. Yeah. Um. He jumped quickly into his uh, justice pick for the Supreme Court. Uh huh. Um, Thank Justice Breyer as well. Yeah. Yes. That was, yes. That was really good. Very I loved touching. that moment. I loved his reaction. Yeah. He was. He was like me. Yeah. It was oh. a, the. I saw someone refer to it as the Sally Fields moment. Yeah. You love me. You, you really, really love me. me. He did. And you know what? And he did. He was that just like good. so moved. And you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed. Obviously, there's so much partisanship in these State of the Unions. You notice that where yeah. some stand, oh, yeah, some yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. The Supreme Court never stands. They never stand because yeah. that would be bipartisan, or that would show partisanship. Yeah. Um, and, and he told Breyer, him to go ahead and stand well, up. he he yeah he was like stand up and like Breyer like half stood up like yeah. like that awkward not, middle yeah, school kid yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. I, am I do I have a boner and <laughs> sat right back down. <laughs> Um, he jumped into border and immigration. Uh, this is I, there. It, it's it's noteworthy to say that he did you know, that. There was the chance of build the wall. Yeah, I think that they, it, a lot of the chance, and I'm going to say this right now. I do know that most of them came from the Republican Party. They're uh, disgusting, based on what they were chanting. Uh, I, it, it, this isn't fucking high school. You're supposed to be our politicians. Yeah, uh, sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and uh, get some real work done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll and, that. that was good. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, so he, you know, his whole thing on immigration, he said that they are going to be building scan or putting more scanners in to stop drug trafficking, uh, joint patrols to stop human trafficking. Um, there's going to be dedicated immigration judges to speed the process. So anybody who is crossing illegally and for bad reason will get sent back. Anybody else, well, they'll figure that out. Uh, pathway to citizenship brought up that. Uh, May I continue? Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. I want to stop after each big. Point. No, I no, no. I I think he covered immigration. Obviously, these yeah. are, you know, like you said, these are some rapid fire things that are like yeah. really, really important to domestic right. policy. Right. But right now, the biggest things in the world are Ukraine, you know, our infrastructure, the pandemic, and yeah. then we can get to these other things, which are very, very important. So. You know, for the immigrants in this country or the people who are trying to immigrate to this country or who are seeking asylum and are now in these, yeah. you know, cells and awaiting their, you know, opportunity, it's absolutely the the most important thing in their lives. And I don't want to get lost in that, but yeah. the most important thing in your life might not be to the majority. And so that's why I think he had to focus yeah. on these other things a little bit more, but did at least hit them. And that's that's yeah. important, too. So jumps quickly, does uh, Roe v. Wade, talks about women's right to choose. Yes. And then immediately jumps into LGBTQ+. Which, of course, they immediately, during the women's rights, like, shot over to Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, talked about the Bipartisan Equal Rights Act. Yeah. Also, uh, equality, an- Sorry, the Equality Act. And then he talked about fighting for transgenders. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I'm glad, you know, I understand it was kind of rapid fire and, you know, trans people need these types of protections. And so it is important and it's still got mentioned, which is awesome. And many times 
in the past, this could either be just a blip in the radar or not even mentioned at all. Right. So this was, I'm very, very excited that it's been mentioned. Yeah. Uh, then he applauded himself for signing 80 bills into law. Now, this is where he kind of finishes. Didn't we, he call them bipartisan bills too? Yes. Okay. He did. I didn't put that on here, but that's a, that's a, good, that's a good catch there, Bray. Yeah. So his four big things. This is how he ended his speech. Oh, the the unity agenda? Yes. Okay. Beat the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and before we continue, the, yeah. this idea of bipartisanship is coming to a close here. And so he gives four things that every congressperson, Republican or Democrat, independent, House or Senate, mm-hmm. we should all agree on these things. These should be unanimous 538 to or 535 to zero type votes. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Now they won't be, but that I'll let Kevin continue. This idea is like everyone that you know has a shred of humanity should get behind these movements. Yes, no, that's very good. Okay, continue. Sorry, so beat the opioid epidemic. epidemic. Okay, he wants all doctors to stop prescribing treatments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, over yeah, over prescribing. <laughs> yeah, I think that was yeah. a gaffe on his part. Yeah. Well, I think it definitely was, but that's okay. I said it jocularly there, Bright. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um so he wants to uh take take on mental health. I think this is good. He tied in so Especially with children. I think yes, 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 yes. And he talks a lot about social media there. He brings up Francis Francis Haugen. Yeah, the, how you say it. Yeah, the Thanks whistleblower on on yeah. Facebook. I appreciate him calling her out, but like you know what I mean. I think it was a waste of time because even though she did great things, like really focus more on the main points. I'm not mad about it though. Well, I yeah. think it's I think it's important to it's, acknowledge yes, the no. person. And he was like, you know, thank you for your courage. You yeah. did that. And, yeah. and I think that's he good. He gave a lot of shout outs. Yeah. He had a lot of people stand up. Hey, Jojo Burgess, where are you? Well, and I think where that, are you, kid? I think that really speaks to the difference in administrations. I and I and I don't disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> just yeah. the way he was doing it is like yeah, this dude is feeling himself. Well, right yeah, now. he's like the old man at the at the yeah. at the yeah. dive bar, like yeah. oh, Joe over Joe. there in the corner, not Mikey. Just, not even just Joe, his nickname, yo, JoJo Burgess. Yeah, yeah. Where he at? Yo, JoJo's a steel worker. <laughs> Let me tell you about JoJo. Tiptoe Tommy over there. <laughs> We're not going to talk about why he's got, called Tiptoes. You got Johnny 2x4s over there. Mm-mm. Yeah, Ricky the Nose. <laughs> it was funny. But it was good. It was a good, a good funny. Yeah, good yeah. funny. You know what I mean? It was it was dorky, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind the, the comical uh, aspect of it. It's what you love about your grandpa, right? Yeah. Anyone, yeah, anyone yeah. that has the yeah. kind of grandpa you I would love like to hear him. Bernie Sanders do the same thing. Uh, support our <laughs> veterans. And this was huge. I think this was a great point. He did. Yeah. yeah support our ven- veterans. He talked about job training, housing, and the most interesting thing, in my opinion. Now, obviously, the job training and the housing are two of the most important, but right up there with those. He talked about the burn pits. And he talked about, uh, you know, all these people coming back. And they basically identified nine new lung diseases that basically come from the burn these pits. burn pits. Yeah. A little bit of an outburst here. I think it was from what's or nuts. Bobert. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, so Bobert said the thirteen. She said Brian, thirteen. Brian, we don't say her name. Oh, she who will not be named. No, that's MTG. I'll say Bobert. That's MGK. No, that's Machine, Machine Gun. No, I'm talking about Majori. Oh yeah, I don't say that. Yeah, say it three times. She appears though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, Bobert said yeah. something about you 13, put thirteen. You put thirteen of them there because he said, you know, we need to stop bringing soldiers over with the yeah. flag on their cast or on their coffin or whatever. Yeah, and she said thirteen yeah. about the thirteen uh, brave soldiers that died during the Afghanistan. Yeah, you know, not retreat, but the the pulling out of of yeah. Afghanistan. Uh, he ended on a big one, mm-hmm. real big one, huge goal: end cancer. Which, that better fucking be bipartisan. <laughs> um, he uh, basically said that the death rates. Um, he wants to bring the death rates from cancer down to fifty percent, or down fifty percent over the next twenty years, uh, making it a manageable disease and not a death sentence. And he brought up the ARPA. And with that note, I'm closing my book. I'm I love it. You, first off, you did a great job running through everything. I know that's a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, uh, part of it. Part of it was on a, uh, a check receipt. 
that I wrote at work while I was listening, and the other one is in a little notebook. <laughs> well, you did great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I think the the last two points, you know, and he, he made notice of it. The reason this is so important to him is his son, Bo Biden, died. Right, yeah. He was a soldier that did work in those burn pits. And so for those of you that don't know what burn pits are, uh, it's basically all the garbage of war, everything, all the medical waste, all of the garbage, all of the old oil from the machines and whatever, uh, you know, any kind of chemicals being used, all of that goes into these massive pits and it's lit on fire, which is obviously terrible for the environment, but worse for human beings that are near it and yeah. like main, maintaining that fire yeah. or, you know, replenishing that fire with more waste. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you can only imagine the smells of it, but the toxins that are associated with it. And uh, I not to, you know, digress too far, but there, I, I didn't know of this is in depth uh, until there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy about really? it. And it got me like really interested in, in it in the sense that this is really pretty rampant in, yeah. in you know, war zones. And so that hit home because Bo Biden had to, uh, you know, work near those and, and, you yeah. know, suffered from brain cancer. And then of course he talks about ending cancer as we know it. Yeah. And so I think that's significant and significant for two reasons. We've already poured a lot of money into cancer research. I think we, we need to continue to do that, mm-hmm. but to find some sort of semblance beyond just radiation, chemo cut, Right. If we were to right. find some sort of uh, technology or innovative medical practice that would, you know, cure cancer or, you know, disable it at least or, mm-hmm. you know, put it into remission quicker. I think that would that would change so much. And I think, like you said, going back to the idea of bipartisanship, how can someone not agree to these four things like you know, if you want to unify people, you have to build common ground. And sometimes you have to really expand that yeah. area of ground that you're trying to cover in yeah. order to finally find some common ground. And I think he really struck a chord with, well, how can we not agree on these four things? And so regardless of the outcome of the midterm elections, he'll he'll still be able to bring people together on these things and i think i hate to say it but like putin doesn't realize like he's starting to help unite the world in the united states yeah like with our allies but even from within this was a really big move where you know republican senators had to come out and you know say bad things about putin in order to you know really establish themselves long term in the political game And so I think regardless of the midterms, you can kind of go back and, you know, should the Democrats lose, you know, uh, a Senate seat or, you know, multiple House seats and lose one or both of of the houses of Congress, Joe Biden should still be able to accomplish some legislation here. And I think that's a really, really important thing to establish now before the midterm elections and not doing it after. And this has been something he's been saying since day one. And he's really stuck to it, so i got to give him credit for that. Um, As much as I don't like some of the bipartisan work that they're trying to do, uh, you know, it is important to do some. Yeah. All right, Brian. Okay. So the time has come. Okay. We've gone over it. I think we kind of hit the highlights and the lowlights. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. You you did a great job. I think you ran through everything wow. really well. I th- I think it might be time. It's time. So I'm going to let you go first. How do you score it? And a brief exp- explanation of why. Yeah, so I would score this uh, a solid 84 out of 100. And the reason I say that is it was, you know, he had some gaffes, so it certainly yeah. wasn't perfect. I think there were some things he could have touched on a little bit more. I think the focus was very clear. And that was uh, security and f- in, in taking care of this Ukraine-Russia situation mm-hmm. the best way uh, for America. And then yeah. also bipartisanship. Those, those messages were clear. So I think the focus was clear. I think he made a lot of really good points. I think in general his delivery was pretty good. Uh, the gaffes were notable at times. 
but I do think he was missing certain things I would have liked to see a little bit more of. Uh, specifically for me was uh, voting. I think when he talked about green energy, it was more focused on the economics behind it, not the actual climate change, mm -hmm. which I think the economics resonates with more people. But the real aspect of you know green energy is is climate change, which is far right. more urgent and, and more important than the economic principle. But all in all, I thought it was solid. It was it was very good, not great. Uh, I don't think it you know really delivered the same way Barack Obama's did, but I thought it was you know clear and succinct. Okay, that was very succinct. All right, it was. Uh, it was a little long, but go ahead. No, it wasn't at all. It was like what two minutes maybe? Uh, I don't know. I'm not keeping track of time. Um, <laughs> I am not going to give it quite so high a grade, but I don't think I'll be as low. Uh huh. As you, man, actually, I don't know what you're thinking right now, Brian. My magical mind power, mind reading powers are gone. Um, I'm gonna, I would give it a 74. Okay. Percent. Okay. And I'm being, in my mind, generous. Uh, and for me, it, it was partially the gaffes, not necessarily just the gaffes, but the timing of them mm -hmm. in some cases, I think, was very detrimental. I think that, um, and I'm not calling for anybody to be perfect, but I think that just because of the way that some of the public views him, this was a good time for him to capitalize on being very poignant and very um, well-spoken. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that the whole thing was awful. I'm just saying that it, yeah. was, it was enough to, 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 to feed fuel to the fire um, for the people that are just looking to talk shit. Um, so that's part of it. I do think that the Ukraine is important. You and I had this conversation, but to paraphrase it, um, although it's important for us to talk about the Ukraine because it is, it does affect us as a country. Uh -huh. I think that he could have spent more time on other things and just really hit the highlights of Ukraine. Okay. That's right. Um, and I'm not saying that it didn't deserve time on the stage. I'm saying that, um, I am very uh, not necessarily. I, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm America first. You know what I mean. I think that we should do great things for other, you know, parts of the world. And I do think that we have an agreement with the Ukraine that we need to fulfill, and follow through on. Um, but the, I, just like you said, there's things that were missed out on, um, and I think that there was also some things that were kind of rushed over. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, you know. I, I would score it a little bit, a little bit lower. I think that it was he did a he did an okay job, he did a passing job. Um, honestly, I thought there would be more gaps with the the length of the speech. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I did try to do my best job differentiating differentiating between slurring of words, which is listen, dude, you get old, you fucking slur shit together. I get it. I'm yeah. gonna be there one day. At that point, I'll be jumping the Grand Canyon <laughs> in a motorbike <laughs> or a fast car. Minivan with me. I Mini, well, I thought about it. Up, I thought I'd upgrade the car. I'll pay more for the rental. I mean, it's not like we're gonna have to fucking pay for it once we crash true, it. True, 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 true. Um, but yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a solid C. Okay. My That's original fair. grade was lower, and the grade that I well, sent technically, Brian, technically, it was way higher. It was oh yeah, six hundred seventy out of a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> which had, beat I, my eighty-four had, out of a hundred. I had to fuck with Brian. The second he sent me his grade over, the second that I, I told him I was done watching the State of the Union, and he's like, "I'll give it an eighty-four out of a hundred. I said, "I'll give it a higher score than you. I'll yeah. give it a six seventy out of a thousand. He's like, "That doesn't." I was like, "It's more points." <laughs> well, and it was funny because Jason, you know, wrote me and he was like, "Yeah, I give it an eighty-one." And I had said 84 out of 100. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think it was just a solid yeah. fine. You know, I think yeah. it was on the same level as some of the Bush ones. Did not come close to the Obama Obama years. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever reach a level of dog shit State of the Unions that we had with Trump. Yeah. Everything in perspective. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that, Brian. Thanks for letting me take the reins. Didn't no, expect you did it, great. but uh, you know, you did great. I mean, fun. everyone, Mad Libs community, give it up for Kevin. Uh, shoot him a message. Let him know, like, hey, we loved you taking the reins. Enough of that, Brian, dude. Nah, never. Fifty-fifty, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, 
We love you guys. Do good. Be great. Love you. Love you. Yeah, we the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. This ain't the status quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydive. Get on now. Ride This is bye bye. Ta ta.